I V M. On this episode of Paisa Vesa, my three-part series on taxation of mutual fund continues. And in this episode, we are going to talk about how you can save tax on mutual funds. My guests are Harsh Muljandani and Nikhil Chaudhary, who work at a big four accounting firm. Folks, welcome to Paisa Vesa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is the second of our three-part series on taxation of mutual funds. My guests are Harsh Mulchandani and Nikhil Chaudhary, who work for a big four accounting firm. In the first of the three-part series, we spoke about basics, income tax basics, and how long-term capital gains, short-term capital gains, in impact your investments in a debt mutual fund, in an equity mutual fund, SIPs, and a lot of that. Bit technical, but you really need to know all of that. This second part, we are going to talk about how to save tax by investing in mutual funds. Now. As per the Income Tax Act, there are various provisions which say that you invest in certain things. Could be a home loan, could be a, a medical insurance, life insurance, all of that. You are allowed certain concessions from your income. One of these provisions, one of these benefits, is in something called an ELSS, which stands for an Equity Linked Saving Scheme. So this part is going to explain to you how do you use that benefit to save on tax in your annual income. Harsh, Nikhil, welcome back to the show. Let's get right into this. What exactly is an ELSS, and what are the benefits that you get? So, ELSS is a separate breed in the equity-oriented scheme only, hmm. but it comes with a catch wherein the there is a mandatory lock-in of three years. So that means that once I apply for an ELSS, I have to stay invested in that for minimum of three years. Yeah. Okay. So that means that, you know, let's say it's February, March, and my HR is after me. Ki batao kitna tumne tax investment kiya hai because they need to calculate my take-home salary for the month of March, and I'm running around and I find you guys and I say, please help me. So you'll come and tell me that listen, here is something that you can invest in that will save on your tax. It's called an ELSS, uh, equity link saving scheme, and whatever amount I put in it. Uh, is so, how, so, how does it so work? basically, since it is subject to three-year lock-in, income tax actually protects you, which gives you the ATC benefit. Okay. Wherein the amount that you invest, subject to maximum of one lakh fifty thousand, would be reduced from your total income. Okay. So that means that section ATC, of course, is a huge thing. It huge has got ten, twenty different things where I can put my money and yeah, I will get the tax. We are just talking about one tiny part of tiny that. Part okay. Of because it. if you are a salaried income guy, you would know that a certain part of your provident fund already goes towards that. Okay. The income tax says that one lakh fifty thousand is the maximum benefit that you get. It's very likely that out of that one lakh fifty thousand, you've already exhausted some of your. A limit for your provident fund, or probably for some premium, or for some home loan, or for something or the other. Okay, there'll be some amount left. Okay, I remember when I was working, there was always some amount left where I would sit and wonder, "Be isko kahan dalo?" Okay, I need that one lakh fifty thousand, and that's where an ELSS comes in, right? Yes. Okay, so then what happens? So here, the sale of units that you make would again be subject to capital gains. And the taxation would be completely same as we discussed in part one. Okay, so but the trick is that once on say Feb March whenever, once I find an ELSS, okay, that's again a different thing. Let's right. say that in X Y Z mutual fund, I you know I find an 
ELSS and let's say that I invest 50,000 in it. That 50,000 is gone for three years. So each and every year I should ideally, I know because equity is a great way to save money. I should use that provision given to me by the Income Tax Act and keep on putting in some money or, or the other. The only trick is it's locked in for three years, which means that I cannot sell this for three years. Okay. Let's say that uh, we're in 2018 and in 2021, my three years is over. What happens then? So, the uh, it is not necessary that you need to sell those units. Let's assume that I have a requirement to sell it. I actually say that my three years are over, boss, boss, give me my Okay? And I've actually made a gain. So, here, the gains that you made is exempt up to 1 lakh rupees. Hmm. And the gains above 1 lakh would be subject to tax at the rate of 10%. Okay, okay. Also, the thing that I would like to point over here is, the in, uh, every investment that you make, the benefit that you get under ATC, there would be a slab rate wise benefit that would be given. For example, you are falling in the 5% slab, 10% slab or the 30% slab. The benefit would be the slab that you are falling in. Okay. So for example, if you have invested 1 lakh rupees and you are falling in a 5% slab, you the tax benefit that you get is 5,000 rupees. Okay. You want to say something on that, Arsh? You're saying? Uh, so uh, that is the main catch. So people generally assume that if I'm investing say 50,000, I'll get a straight forward 50,000 benefit. Of course I will, right? No. Oh, that seriously? is what he just said. Slab rate benefit. So if you are investing okay. 50,000, uh-huh. you fall in 5% slab rate. The uh-huh. only tax you will be saving is 2,500. I don't get the entire 50,000. You get slab rate benefit. <laughs> okay, folks. So just <laughs> See, that's the advantage of having budding child accountants on the show. The entire 50,000 will not be excluded from your income. Okay? 50,000 would be in excluded from income, huh. but income is taxed as per slab. So, huh. you will effectively get the slab in monetary terms, you will huh. get 2,500 of tax benefit. Okay. So, if you're falling in the 5 to 10 lakh ka range, the benefit would be 20, uh, 20% on that. Okay, okay, okay. Take okay, fine. Now, we just want to talk about uh, how you can use... Loss, uh, lo- loss harvesting yes. in loss. LTC. So, folks, so you know, loss harvesting as a concept in stocks is 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 very well known. You know, you have a bonus or you have a split. The share value falls, and you buy before and you sell after. You can actually carry for that entire loss, stuff like that. That's a little bit technical, but again, those are stocks. We're not talking stocks. We're talking mutual funds. Harsh is going to tell us how, to some extent, this even applies to mutual funds. Harsh, tell us. Yes. So we have loss harvesting, and I'm going to coin a new term also, gain harvesting. Okay. So. Uh, I'll just start with uh, the gain harvesting first because you might be hearing it for the first time. So uh, the thing is, uh, you get one lakh above one lakh, your equity gains get taxable. So uh, what if you have made say uh, a gain of eighty to ninety thousand in one year, and it's already long term? You can actually sell it off, take that gain of eighty ninety thousand rupees as tax free, and then again next day invest it back. And uh, again, hold it on for a longer term. So what this will essentially help you is save on to your tax uh, to the tune of the gain you've already made. Hmm. But mind you, you have to be very careful that all your units uh, which you are selling on a particular date have crossed 12 uh, 12 months. And uh, you cannot do that for ELSS because for ELSS, the lock-in is three years. So after three years, maybe you can try it and say, for example... uh, you can take help of someone can just do help this for you and uh, again mind you how much tax you'll be saving by putting in so much effort would be 10% of the gain so for example if you made a gain of 80,000 mm. someone tells you 
that one lakh gain is exempt. You just book your gains and then again invested in some other equity mutual fund or the same mutual fund. Uh, you will be uh, saving ten percent of eighty thousand, which is eight thousand. Hmm. So uh, that is for gain harvesting. Now okay. for loss harvesting, it is like you book your loss. Uh, over a period of time you've been holding a mutual fund and you book that loss and then you can use that long term capital loss to set off against any other long term capital gain which you have for example you've sold a house you have a long term capital gain you can use this long term capital loss from mutual funds to set off the gains you've made from selling your house which might be a long term capital gain okay we're going to just uh, take an a concrete example of that okay guys uh this year the nifty is down some 15% and let's say that over the last 3 4 years you've actually made a loss uh and her specify that it has to be a long term capital loss which means that you should have been holding your mutual fund for at least one year okay let's yes. say that you've been holding uh, a certain mutual fund which over the last 3 years or over the last 5 years has actually not done well so you invested say 1 lakh and that 1 lakh has actually fallen to maybe 50000 okay it's halved in value you're really really sad but guess what you can actually put that 50000 into your income tax return and say this is my loss carried forward okay how is it useful let's say that you actually sell a house like what i said and there you've made a nice big fat capital gain again long term 5 years ago you bought a house 5 years later you're selling a house and let's say the capital gains on that is 80000 okay so your 80000 long term capital gain will now stand reduced by 50000 which is your long term capital loss on the mutual fund so your actual capital gain on your income tax return will be 30000 harsh am i right in yes that? yes okay and how for how many years can i carry forward you this you can carry forward for 8 years from the end of the financial year okay so would you think it makes some kind of sense you know for someone to just kind of plan ki mera koi to aisa useless scheme hai jahan mera loss ban raha hai long term capital gain loss yes so, sorry no, see, even even loss. if it is short term you huh. can uh, book short term and set it off against long term huh. but you cannot uh, set off a long term capital gains against a short term capital yeah, gain so that's saying that basically a short term capital loss can be only offset against a long term capital gain then short term can be set off against long term sure. as well as uh, short as well as long and uh, for a long term is uh, always always long term okay you want to, <laughs> you want to just repeat I'll that repeat very simply the, go on yeah, go on yeah. go on yeah so uh, just to repeat uh, you can have a short term gain as well uh, and you can uh, you do tax harvesting uh, for short term losses as well hmm. uh, the thing is if you have a short term loss you can set it off against a long term gain hmm. Uh, as well as a short term gain okay whereas for a lo- long term loss you have to set it off with long term gain only okay I hope that is simple enough for you guys. But then that stacks. Might be some complications. Like I've always said, you can reach out to these guys. Uh, you can reach out to Harsh on Twitter, uh, Nikhil on LinkedIn. And that is a wrap on the second part of our three-part series on taxation or mutual funds. Stay tuned for the third part, which is going to be fun because it's going to talk about how to avoid common mistakes in taxation. Stay tuned for that. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.